Welcome to the Creative Collective Podcast. We are bringing you another episode today, specifically with our guest, Libby Azzarello. This is Jen. I'm one of your co-hosts, and I have Kelly, our other host, with me today. Libby is a real estate agent, small business owner of a play cafe, and mom to a spicy two-year-old, Nell. She's also quite adorable. And her gentle black lab, Dorothy. Libby graduated from James Madison University with a degree in communications and PR and went on to work in social media and marketing for companies like Disney, Chevrolet, and Geico. Libby moved to event planning and territory management when working for the real estate technology company Bright MLS and then made the jump to Raleigh, picking it completely off a map and moving two days after honeymooning. When Libby is not working in or on businesses, it's all about needlepoint, working on DIY projects, travel, and exploring all the amazing food and drinks in the Triangle. So welcome, Libby. Thank you. I'm so excited to chat with you guys today. Yes, absolutely. Um, So just so listeners know, Libby and I do know each other. We uh, got connected through her real estate and lovely lovely gifts that she gifts her home buyers, um, which are watercolor home portraits. So I have to say thanks, Libby, for going out on a limb and entrusting me with special projects. It has been so fun to work with you on those and continue to refine my watercolor skills um, over, gosh, now it's it's been over a year now at this point. But anyways, that said, speaking of real estate, um, Can you just tell us a little bit more about your real estate career and obviously constant flat tires aside, which you are keeping the tire people in business. (laughs) What do you find to be so thrilling about real estate? Yeah, so I am on my, I think, eighth flat tire this year. I work a lot in new construction. Um, I just at this point keep filling it up with air because I can't face them again. (laughs) Um, I work a lot of new construction, so that's the background on that. Um, But I actually grew up around real estate. Um, My dad owns a company in Roanoke, Virginia. And then way back to his grandfather and my grandfather and my uncle, we are all real estate world people. Um, So it was kind of funny. It was not part of the plan to get into real estate, but it was kind of funny to, to come back full circle. Um, and I think one of the most exciting parts about real estate is that every day really is unique. Um, and you can really make it what you want to. So I am, you know, as we chatted about, or in my bio, very creative. Um, I like to go, 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 and I can definitely make that a huge part of my business. Um, and I am a problem solver by nature. So even when things arise, it's so much more challenging and exciting to me than a nine to five was. Yeah, absolutely. I can only imagine some of the like projects and just situations that you probably come into contact with whenever you're working with people. I mean, even yes. like new construction. I mean, I- oh yeah. And it's all different skill sets too. So you're working with people. Um, I've had a family tell me that they stayed married during the transaction because of my like counseling skills. Um, I run around the backyard with kids. I wrangle cats. Um, 
I, you know, work with inspectors. And, and again, that's kind of the cool thing about real estate is if you are a numbers person, or if you are a very technical person, or if you like to network, like there's really an avenue for everybody. Um, so once I really latched onto that fact, I really start to enjoy it even more. It's not really sales because it's too big of a purchase in my mind. Um, so I really gravitate towards the training and coaching aspect of it, whether it's other agents or my clients um, and, you know, bringing in my marketing and social media experience for my past jobs. That's awesome. Sounds like you really uh, found your niche, as they say. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know if it's niche or niche, but it like, we're just, we're yeah. just going to say niche mm-hmm. and just go with it. Fancier, I, think. I like it. Right. It does. So building a business like your real estate career in a city where you didn't know anyone is quite a feat. Can you share some of the strategies that you've used to establish yourself and your business in a new community? Yes. Yeah, so That was kind of daunting. Um, I found myself when I first jumped into real estate, um, kind of looking up the worst case scenarios and like how many people fail and like all this. Do not recommend that Um, because real estate, again, is, you know, totally up to you. There is no limit on your success, which is kind of cool. Um, And in the beginning, I tried everything. I hosted cocktail party open houses where nobody was there, but I still posted the pictures online. I knocked on people's doors. I made cookies, which in hindsight after COVID is probably really creepy and nasty um, and delivered them to people's doors. Um, I, one of my favorite, sweetest clients, we were renting out our apartment when we bought our house and I met her on Craigslist. She was looking for a rental and Come to find out she was a good fit for a house that was coming up for sale. I worked with her through that and got like four or five referrals just from her family and friends. So random things like that. Um, Really, really hustled my first two years. I really channeled a lot of event planning as well. I kind of harnessed the fact that if I could get in front of enough people, somebody would want to buy from me. Um, so I did like trivia nights and home buyer seminars and things like that. Um, into my third or fourth year, I really started to lean in more towards the service versus selling. So I think about that a lot that, um, you know, again, as I said, real estate is too big of a purchase to really be sales. I'm not selling lipstick or, you know, phones or anything else. It's really like, an investment. So you have to be friends with that person. You have to trust them. You have to kind of know that they have your best interest in mind. It's a huge financial decision. So when I started thinking more of myself as a consultant and a friend, the whole business shifted for me. And I was able to really be friends with people for work. Like I am so close with so many of my clients. Um, I, you know, get a lot more referrals than I did my first few years because I focus more on the person themselves and getting coffee with people, remembering special occasions. And I would say too, one of my best or favorite things about my business is when people ask me for stuff after the transaction. So they'll say, do you have a babysitter? Where do you get your clothes tailored? 
Where should we go for our art anniversary? And those things help me stay close to my clients and encourage referrals without feeling salesy. Sounds like over your real estate career, like the first couple of years, you were just trying to find your footing. What is this all about? And then your confidence really built. That's what I hear. You found this sweet spot for you where connecting with others felt a lot more natural. Mm-hmm. And I've actually found that in that networking too. I did air quotes uh, for the <laughs> listeners because I think that there is a little bit of a stigma around networking and it can feel just kind of what you were saying, super salesy, like you're like trying to get, get, get from other people. But I, what I really love about it is just connecting, connecting with other people, learning about people's talents. And a lot of times with business owners, their talents have, or their passions and their talents have become their livelihood. And it's such a beautiful thing to experience. So that's really neat that you uh, grew in your confidence and along the way, like found um, this, this new place for you. Yes. And I think it it was so important, especially with real estate. Everybody says around the third year is kind of when you pivot. Most people don't make it past their second or third year. So then the referrals, it's kind of a natural progression. People either move or, you know, start to have referrals. But I can also pinpoint, you know, exactly what helped me with the things that you mentioned. There was a training course that I took and then a, a leader came into my life um, through a company and just completely changed my mindset. Um, And with any business, mindset is totally key. But like you were mentioning, um, one of the things we learned in this training was if you are bored or if you are slow or whatever, look for who you can help. Um, And whether it's, you know, bringing a family a meal or, you know, giving advice to a new business owner or something like that, you don't have to think of them as future clients, but organically, if you're helpful, you have that kind of um, place in their mind. Yeah, that's, I mean, truly remarkable, especially like when I think about real estate, I feel like it can be so saturated in so many different areas, but the fact that you have found those like creative ways to set yourself apart and really truly connect with people, um, it's just so remarkable. And so we've talked about, obviously, you know, you've, you've jumped into the Raleigh area. You've obviously become very immersed in the area so much so that now you have a new business venture, Bumble Brews. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Like what inspired you to, to make that leap and, um, just tell us about it. Yeah. So this whole process started for us about a year ago. Um, actually almost exactly a year ago. It was that weird time between Christmas and New Year's where like time is a flat circle and everyone's just eating cheese and like not cleaning up anything. Um, So we started going to these play spaces with our daughter um, just to kind of kill time during that week. And all the while, my husband had kind of been dipping a toe into entrepreneurial exploration. Um, Jen, I, I... I think you may have briefly met my husband, but he is the most type A, rigid, organized, 
normal, like straight arrow corporate dude. And he was so miserable at both jobs that he had, um, he got a new job, but he was still miserable. And so I was encouraging him to look into entrepreneurial ventures, but it really does take a certain type of personality. Like you really have to kind of push mm-hmm. people a little bit. So that is what I did. Um, I kind of pushed him into interviewing other people and meeting with people. Um, and then during this week, we found out that there was a local play space up for sale in our area, in our town. And I fell in love with that idea because I am an extrovert. I take my, our daughter all the time to places like that. I could really feel excited about, you know, it fit perfectly into our lives at this time. But he was definitely on the fence about it. Um, so we began meeting with a franchise consultant and that process was fascinating. Um, she was kind of like a realtor of a franchise world essentially. So she was paid by these companies to help match us and guide us through this process. So we did a disc analysis. She looked at our resumes. She talked to us individually and together. Um, and then ultimately would recommend franchises that would be a good fit. And right before this process, I told my husband very lovingly, if you do something fun, I will do it with you. I'm here for you. I'll kind of guide you through. If you do something boring or lame, I can't abide. Like I cannot, I can't (laughs) process that. Um, And you'll see why a little bit later in our conversation. Um, But I was like, I'll help you send out the Christmas cards. I'll coach you. I'll do whatever. But I I can't and I shan't. So flash forward, we got our recommendations back for the franchises and, you know, I don't want to speak ill of the process because it was fantastic, but they were just not a match for us. They were just kind of odd and like, you know, very service-based in areas where we had no connections and it just didn't get us super excited. So there's a place, Bumble Brews in Cary, and I was still hooked on this original idea. So kind of secretly, I was reaching out to tons of different play spaces um, all across the country, seeing if they were open to franchising locally. I met with a couple and um, Bumble Brews just clicked because they have a full coffee bar, um, uh, alcohol. So we have beer, wine and champagne and all local and the children's play space. So really three huge areas of my life. Um you know, because I love the local feel of all of our breweries. I think those business owners are incredible. Um, So really, it ticked all of our boxes. And as much as my husband was nervous about the play space aspect, he has really thrived. He is a coffee nut right now. We've got fully trained on our espresso. um, And then he'll partner with all the local breweries. And we really want the play space to be dad focused, because I feel like that's a huge thing missing in our community. Um, kind of back to our earlier conversation, I am a joiner. So I will be in every group, every committee. um, And I feel like dads really don't get that connection. So that's something we're excited about as well. Um, So that's kind of how we came across the idea and made all that happen. And it's been really fun to see like kind of the could have happened situations along the way. Um, And we started our current commercial real estate process in February on Valentine's Day, and we'll open December 1st. So it's been very, very quick in terms of the commercial world, but very slow when you're excited about an idea. 
Yeah, that's, that's so fascinating. Um, I think that what you kind of talked through is, I mean, not to speak for Kelly, but I'm probably speaking for Kelly when I say this for myself too, is like that process of sometimes like you just feel an itch and you feel like this is just not right. And then to actually like either push yourself or have somebody kind of push yourself to just go for it. I mean, that's one of the things that for me has been so just empowering is to just actually recognize it and act upon it. Even if it's just to do the research and just say, let me just get some more information because then it's like, what are you leaving on the table if you're not at least just exploring it? So Exactly. And I really like the human connection kind of back to our networking conversation. Even when my husband was job searching, I was like, well, let's get some informational interviews set up. Let's have coffee with this person and just see what they do in their job. And he is an absolute introvert. And he was like, I would rather lick rust. Like I can't, I I don't want to waste their time. But I'm like, you really in, in any entrepreneurial world, it is who you know. Um, and people want to help and love to talk about what they do and how they've grown. Um, so yeah. And I I think right now too, with real estate, as I said, that's such a big purchase and the play cafe is a smaller purchase, you know, in terms of coffee, wine classes that will do open play birthday parties. So it's been a really cool, um, thing to try and use both of my skill sets. So real estate is a long game. It's very seasonal. It's very up and down. It's very dependent on the economy and the government. And this feels very much more in my control. And I can really use my digital and, you know, event marketing, plus all the stuff that my daughter's taught me being a mom. So, um, and I think that they're going to marry really well together as well. Um, I have so many ideas to do, you know, mom's night out and moving to the area, not knowing anybody getting all new moms together, you know, new to the area, people who are visiting, moving here. Um, I have an idea to do a car seat cleaning event um, with one of my local partners. So, you know, fun stuff like that. I'm an idea person. Um, So it's been really cool to kind of be the boss. And it's almost like having another baby. I'm like, who trusted me to walk out with this whole human? (laughs) And like, we look back at everything we've done over the last year and we're like, wow. We have done all of this. I don't remember any of it, but, um, you know, from the big to the little stuff that we've accomplished, it's really cool to see it all come together. That's, that's great that, uh, you guys have pursued that and sounds like quite the adventure that you're on, uh, with being a mom and being a business owner, this is something that Jen and I both can empathize with uh, striking that balance. Um, how, how do you balance the demands of being a mom, uh, with the responsibilities of also running now multiple businesses? Um, not much sleep. Um, (laughs) I learned in the early stages of motherhood. Um, but something that I was very uncomfortable with at the beginning of my real estate career that now I am really comfortable with, I'm a people pleaser. And to me, setting boundaries was so uncomfortable. You know, in real estate, they're like, you have to be available 24 hours a day. My husband now is saying, as a small business owner, we have to be available 24 hours a day. We have to respond right now. We have to do this. We have to update this right now. And it's a very corporate mindset. 
But coming along with that confidence and knowing that the right people will find us, the right business will find us, our ideal clients, whether for Bumble Brews or real estate, understand boundaries. And not just that, but under appreciate them. So I implemented my third year in, once I finally got past a lot of the imposter syndrome, um, a whole sheet that I call great expectations. And I put that into my um, buyer and seller presentations. And up front, I share, this is the best way to communicate with me. This is my typical response time. Um, I found that I was running myself ragged all around the triangle, doing showings and doing things that were outside of my job description. And really, it was overwhelming to my clients too. So by creating boundaries up front, I helped them make better decisions, have more fun, feel less overwhelmed. But I think that boundaries just feel like a yucky word. But really, it's expectations and people want to know what to expect no matter what. And when things go wrong is when you have not communicated that up front. So I actually created a course about that for other agents because, you know, especially 2020 and 2021, we were so burnt out. We were being, you know, run ragged. Everybody says, you know, the weekends are gone. The evenings are gone as a real estate agent. I don't find that to be true. I can get, you know, with my serious buyers and sellers, most of our work done 40 hours a week um, during the weekdays. I'm always available for questions and things like that. But I would say the confidence to express boundaries and then my best advice um, really, really helped. And then another thing that is kind of foreign to me or was foreign to me was systems. And as a creative person, systems and automation just, again, felt yucky when I apologize for using yucky all the time. I do have a two-year-old. That is our vocabulary right now. Um, but, um, you know, it felt very rigid and impersonal. But again, I realized people want to be communicated with. They want to know what to expect. So I've broken down pretty much my whole process into a series of weekly emails. So my clients get one email a week and they know that's all you have to do. I tell them up front, you don't have to buy a whole house. You just have to check off these three things this week. And I promise you, if you trust me and hold my hand, we'll get to the end. But you don't have to change your utilities on day one. You don't have to learn how to wire money before you get pre-approved. Like all of these things can feel overwhelming. So creating systems, setting emails up, um, using reminders for myself. Um, and then another way, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later, is implementing technology. So if something comes in when I'm with my daughter or um, if it's late at night or whatever, if there's a text message or a call, I set a reminder during my business hours to follow up with that person. So at 9 a.m., I get a reminder and it says, reply to Jen, reply to Kelly. So people feel heard, but I'm also training them subconsciously, you know, to kind of stay within the parameters that I kind of set. Um, and then I would say the last thing that's really helped me is to focus on the top things. So, you know, the three-legged stool, I don't know if y'all have heard that in business, but, you know, the very, very top priorities that you need to do really well to make either business run. Um, and as a creative, I have so many ideas. I have so many, you know, swag things and t-shirts and events. And if I really drill down, I have to ask myself, is this going to be hugely impactful? 
Is it absolutely necessary? And if it is, is it for me? Is it for somebody else? Is it for social media? Like, you know, is it really, really, really important? Or do I just want to do it? And do I think it looks fun? Or will it actually impede us from opening a whole business? Um, So focusing on the top priorities has really, really changed the game for me too. Um, And then just involving our daughter too. Um, We're lucky that we have an indoor play space instead of like a, you know, paper factory. But um, although she might prefer a paper factory, considering how she just played with all the boxes last time she was there. But, um, you know, even with real estate, I would bring her with me to appointments. And I think it's good to some degree to watch you work. I don't want her to see me sitting on my phone 24 hours a day. Um, But I'm of the mindset that I think it's cool for her to see her parents, you know, working hard and um, kind of learn those skills as well. Yeah, that's, that's so, I love the fact that even though you have all of these things going on that you still include her. And I'm, yeah. I'm sure like, you can probably speak to this too. Like it goes a long way. There have been so many moments with our daughter that like, I don't think about, you know, what she's seen or anything. And like last night, she made a comment to me um, about how beautiful like this flower arrangement was that I did. And she said, you always do pretty arrangements. And I said, thank you so much. And she said, just like what you taught me, because she loves to like create her own now. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you don't really think about like in the moment, you're just like hustling and you're getting everything done and you're working so hard. But it like, as a, as a parent, just their eyes are on you all the time. So I know it's, it's so challenging, but at the same time, it's so rewarding too, just to see it kind of come full circle. And how amazing that she noticed something so positive. I feel like I always worry my daughter's like, you were on Instagram, but for her to notice and compliment (laughs) you um, and to really include her hands-on is huge. Um, Kids are so much more capable than we give them credit for and um, so much more adaptable. And um, I mean, I think there's so much in entrepreneurship that is lifelong for them, whether Mm -hmm. it's managing money or, you know, being confident to speak to people, being patient, being persistent, you know, all these types of things. Maybe I don't have time to teach her, you know, sit down and like watch a you know show about it, but she's seeing it in action. Um, and it also helps me, you know, using those priorities and what I've learned in business helps me in motherhood because even with, you know, Christmas coming up and I hope no little ears are listening to this, but like Elf on the Shelf. And, you know, this is our first year to do a lot of big traditions and I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself, but I'm picking out things I know that she'll really enjoy, setting aside time for that, just like it's work and creating certain specific memories. I don't have to create every memory because, Mm -hmm. you know, her brain's still growing. Um, And a lot of that's just for me, but, um, you know, treating motherhood and parenthood like work in some ways is kind of helpful when your brain is in that so often. Yeah. So I love going back to what you said about boundaries and the systems and the routines. I can deeply relate (laughs) to a lot of that. And just having been an entrepreneur, a solopreneur for many years now, 
I think one of the things that I hear over and over again within the entrepreneurial community is that it's so hard to stay like motivated or on task or on track. And that sometimes it's a big temptation to feel like I just want to go work for someone else because they can tell me what to do. And then I'll do that thing and I'll check it off and it will be done. Mm -hmm. And, and there's like, kind of like this comfort in knowing like I'm on the right track. I'm right. And so as a entrepreneur, a lot of times we don't have that. So I really want to ask all these systems, they're beautiful. I love it. I love systems. How do you stay motivated and accountable as someone who is a solopreneur? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I have really had to create accountability for myself. Um, I learned probably my second year, um, about different types of accountability. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gretchen Rubin, um, but she, you know, did the happiness project. She works a lot with habits and there's several different types of personalities as it relates to motivation. And my husband is the one where he's an upholder. So he can uphold premises to himself and other people. It's like, no problem. I'll go to the gym and, you know, I'll get this work done on time. Um, And then there's a questioner who, you know, only does things if it makes sense. I am an obliger, so I can do things um, for other people, but not for myself. So for instance, I would be late on a bill or a parking ticket, but I would never miss a coffee date. Um, So there, once I knew my style of motivation and that it was external, it really helped me to say, hey, I need an accountability buddy. I need you to work next to me. I need you to tell me, even friends outside of my industry from college. I'm like, I really want to get a newsletter started. Can you text me on December 18th and, you know, kind of bully me into it? Um, And again, kind of focusing on um, what are the most important things. And if I know it's important and I can see a measurable outcome, that's more motivational to me as well. Um, so that helps me stay on track. And then I keep hinting at this, but, um, I've learned a lot about my brain over the last couple of years and things that excite me are much more likely to get done. So I would also look at tasks and notice what I was putting off and why. Um, and then I have just now gotten comfortable being able to either outsource them or ask for help or something to get over the hump that was keeping me from accomplishing stuff. Um, So, you know, for instance, if if it was a paperwork thing, or if it was a certain research or spreadsheet, or, you know, whatever it was, um, I use Fiverr and and, all kinds of online tools. Um, I had an intern for a while. Um, You know, what you don't enjoy and what does not motivate you really get somebody else excited and it's the fruit of their spirit. So I try to remind myself it's not, you know, pushing my work to somebody else or offloading it. It's getting them excited about something that they're motivated to do. Um, So definitely as a solopreneur, everybody thinks that real estate is very cutthroat and competitive and that sort of thing. But I have found 
at least sought out um, the opposite. So there are realtors that I get together with from different firms, different states and cities, um, you know, to hold each other accountable, see what other people are doing um, and that sort of thing. But I find that motivation for me is pretty much all external. Um, And sometimes I've had to hack that and say, this is a gift to your future self. And she's another person too. So don't be mean to her. Don't put this off and give her a headache. Um, So, you know, once you know your style of motivation, it gets easier to to kind of hack it and find ways around it. Um, But it is very hard. It's hard to find people in and out of your industry that are comfortable sharing and, um, you know, not gatekeepers, I guess. I think that that resource sounds amazing. I need to check it out. I've actually had that book in my hands before and have not read it. So I'm going to make a note to, to actually read it. I have been like tremendously blessed with a community of women entrepreneurs that share the hard things. Mm -hmm. And we are now doing that for each other. What you kind of said, like checking in and saying like, Hey, did you do this thing you said you were going to do? And it's sort of just like this beautiful balance because we know like we're, we're here for each other. Like there is, there is grace, there is love, there is compassion for this journey that is so difficult. And like, so there's so much growth that we experience when we push ourselves to do the thing when we don't want to do the thing right mm-hmm. and and a lot of times just that feeling of feel just feeling alone is I think the thing that can be honestly so crippling to just feel like you know I'm by myself if I do this thing, no one's going to know anyway. So, right. And so I think like what you're speaking to having that community of people who hold, hold you up when you need it. It's just so key. And, and it's hard to find, but Mm -hmm. it's there. It's out there. Right. Yeah. And I found that like, you know, as I said, I'm a joiner. And so I'm in, you know, an articles club. I'm in two networking groups. You know, I find everybody has a secret skill. My friends and I have actually just started a spreadsheet of our like random skills and passions. Like I love stain fighting. One of my other friends is really good at um, like the financial side of things. Somebody else is, um, you know, really good. Wait, what did you say that you love? Um, stain fighting. What is that? Like Libby is out of stuff. She what is, is like stains and clothes. Uh, like people will message me out of like it's like a third. Hold on, I, like, I know so and so who knows so and so who told me that you could help me I get was, out of my shirt and like yes. I was picturing like fencing, but like it was <laughs> oh. like a I was because like the word fighting I was like. I'm not knowing where she's going, but I'm so glad we clarified that. <laughs> stain fighting. As an Enneagram stuff, now I want to take up fencing because of the parent top of it all. Um, but yes, I mean, you would be surprised at how many times that comes up. The most capable of my friends will text me and be like, there's 
my husband put chapstick in the dryer in our pants. Like it's I'm like, oh, an oil stain. Okay. Um, but the, the this main, is good like, to know. Okay. Oh, yes. I just, I'm just gonna add, add you to context right now. Please do. And I actually <laughs> gave a stain fighting kit last year, um, with one of my groups, um, with all my favorite products and my phone number, um, and some tips. Um, so it's just like a random skill, but, but like you were saying amongst, especially amongst women, but also I didn't realize until recently, um, I'm selling a house of my friends right now. And she says, you have a lot of like grandpa aged people that are really, really, really good at what they do and super reliable. So I'm like, oh, my, my guy, Walt is going to come to your home inspection. My guy, Ken's going to come out and do your roof. And she's like, you have a lot of guys. So it's like either that level or women. I feel like we could run the world and the variety of skills. If you need something, there is someone out there that can do it and really enjoys it. Um, and I'm learning that with our business, a lot of people have said, I want to come by. I want to help put me to work. And it's been so cool to see which projects they gravitate toward, like, you know, putting together this like intricate puzzle of a floor mat. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't. Um, but one of my friends was like, oh, that sounds wonderful. Or like painting. She's like, I won't paint, but I'll edge all the the walls for you. I'm like, okay, that sounds horrible. I love that. Um, so it's just everybody's unique skills, really filling in where you lack, um, helps me keep the motivation going. Cause nobody tells you when you're younger that you don't have to do stuff you don't want to do. You can be a super successful person and business owner by leaning on other people and you do what you're best at and they do what they're best at. And then you won't hate your job. It'll be great. You'll love it. That is beautiful. That statement. Just. It took a while to get there. Right. And knowing that like there, I think that there's kind of in the business world that it's like a dog eat dog kind of like, you know, just, all out like just tension Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be that way there's a new way there's this way that you're talking about that's just like let's like leverage each other in like the best kind of way Mm -hmm. I think that's that's just lovely thank you it took a while to get there it was definitely an aha moment And it's actually led me again to another idea of um, working with young girls, especially going into college where they're in high school, even where there's so much pressure to like take math 101 to pass and like all this stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to use this. It doesn't light me up. I'm more stressed than, you know, enjoying it. I really like this class. I don't like this class. Am I a failure? No, you really don't have to do algebra as an adult unless you really want to. Um, but there's this like fear that you're not going to be a success if you can't do everything well. And really that's where your downfall is. If you try to do everything, it's not going to work. Um, and I've been lucky in my marriage to find my complete opposite. Um, and, you know, amongst a lot of my friends, I just know exactly who to go to in what situation to get what I need. Um, even if it's advice, I'm like, I just need somebody to listen. I need somebody to use very specific curse words. I need somebody who knows somebody else who can come help me. And, you know, I need a physical body here. Um, you know, it's really good to build um, a, com- a community, like you mentioned. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, so one of the things that I feel like we definitely, um, should mention and talk about, because I feel like just as some backstory, the way that I've always kind of been, I had been putting some things on my Instagram stories and you sent me a message and you were like, could you possibly have some ADHD tendencies? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was like this light bulb moment. And I like did not take offense to it at all. It was like somebody actually like recognized something in me that was just like, this is who you are. You can do all of these things. Um, So I thank you for that. But that said, like you've been very open about your own ADHD diagnosis. So can you just walk us like through that journey of discovery and how has it influenced your approach to entrepreneurship and all of just the fun and creative things that you're involved in? Yes. Um, Today and like 80% of the days, I see it as such a positive, just like you mentioned. Um, But what bugged me, and so my friends call me like the ADHD Sherpa because I, I can see it in people now that I'm aware of it in myself. And it's funny looking back, even people that I grew up with, my very best friend um, from when I was little, I mean, since we were literally before we were born, our moms were friends. She is a super successful veterinarian now. And I've, I've, I've been saying that we're very, very similar. I think there's something there. And um, lo and behold, you know, it's really changed her life. So um, the, the main thing that led me to want to learn more about it and share it with other people is the misconception about it. So people think ADHD is like, you know, a little boy who like is just running around like banging his head on stuff and can't sit still. Um, but really there are so many more underrated or under known, I guess, um, symptoms that I had just been living with kind of like you said all along. And weird things, like I would get so many speeding tickets. I was very um, weird about money. I would either overspend or not spend anything. Um, Time blindness, when I found out what that was, my whole world like opened up. Um, And, you know, not being able to start things. And what was frustrating to me is that um, it's most often, especially in women, misdiagnosis, depression, or anxiety. So after my first job, I got into quite a bit of depression and anxiety because I felt unchallenged. I didn't have a boss. So no one was really telling me what to do. It was a bad structure for me to begin with. But I was like, why can't I do this? Why can't I be a self-starter? I must be bad. I'm bored. I'm scared of being bored. You know, all kinds of just weird thoughts popped into my head. And it wasn't until like, I guess two years ago, I was chatting with a therapist and she was like, have you ever thought you might be ADHD? And I was like, I don't really, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, But then she started explaining some of these more random, um, you know, symptoms that pop up. And, you know, even with eating, like I never drink water. I would rather take a pill for food than stop what I'm doing. I can't get started on stuff I don't want to do. Um, And like I've mentioned before, the ADHD brain is motivated by um, interest and excitement, whereas normal brains or neurotypical brains are motivated by importance. 
So working in this new business, my husband can see this is important. This is a deadline. This is this. And I'm like, but what if we had, you know, Elsa come and visit? And then we did this. And so um, this all ties back into what I mentioned earlier about outsourcing and partnering with people, um, whether that's human beings or technology to, to lean on or systems. Um, nobody can be you. Nobody, it's really hard to teach people to be creative and personable and outgoing. And those are all things that ADHD people really succeed in. Um, I think unpopular opinion, you can teach people to do administrative tasks. You can teach people how to fill in forms or submit paperwork or, you know, things like that. But the soft skills are very hard to teach. So I think that should be celebrated, especially in young women. Um, and another thing that blew my mind is the hyperactivity is often in our minds and not in our bodies. So we're not, again, bouncing off the walls. We may not even have a lot of energy, but it's your mind. Like I'll ask my husband, like, you're not singing the Peppa Pig Bing Bong Zoo song in your head right now. And he's like, absolutely. He's like, I have like one stream of thought, barely. I'm like, what are you thinking? And he's like, not nothing. I'm like, really? It's like, I'm, I'm wondering how they got that big boulder into that ditch, if you must know. And my brain is like, bing, 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 idea, 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 idea. Um, so, I resonate with that so much. I have yes. been in so many of those situations. And it's like, I just, I, I just assumed that everybody just was constantly like ruminating and thinking about things. And oh, I need like, wait, but there's a squirrel and like, just all over the place. And, and then, it's like layers of thought. So I like, I have yeah. ideas and then I have like a song playing and mm -hmm. then I like have a different idea. And then like another thing that's so random is I, if I want to know something, I need to know right then. I'm like, you know, how big is a baby elephant? And like, I really need to grab my phone and like find that out. Um, so just little things like that I can see in my friends. Um, it's just been fun. interrupting people. Like, I mean, just every little thing that I thought was me on a good day and was a, made me a bad person on a bad day. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I was down on myself, I was like, you always interrupt people. You can never finish anything. Um, when I was little, everything was a mess. Like my room looked like a feral raccoon sorority house always, even in college. Like it was just, but I think it's interesting. My brain just doesn't think that way. But as with everything, awareness is so like, is the key to everything. And I find now that I've been open about it, I talk about it constantly because it does explain so many things in my life. And it's not that I'm acting a certain way or doing something on purpose. It's literally how my brain works. And so if I can work with it instead of against it, that is really how I've been able to harness it for success. Just truly amazing. And the fact that you spoke about awareness, I think awareness more than anything, it cuts out a lot of the negativity that we mm -hmm. talk to ourselves about it. So um, truly impactful and sincerely appreciate you being open and vulnerable to speak about it too. Of course. Um, I love talking about it. So I'm always happy to answer questions. I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I'm on TikTok a lot. Um, but I think, you know, it's becoming a lot more mainstream to chat about too. Mm -hmm. And so there are more resources. There are, you know, accounts out there specifically for dietitians and 
you know, for business owners and entrepreneurs and all kinds of different avenues as it relates to ADHD. So being ADHD, I love to research. And so that really ticks all the boxes for me as well. Um, but then just giving myself permission to be the way that I am, as long as it's not hurting anybody else and to lean into it. Um, but um, yeah, just being aware of it and then filling in the gaps where you need to and not feeling bad about that. I mean, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. You know, there's a lot of ways that you can eat to help your mind, but there are also just things to know. And I think like you mentioned, just not feeling alone and not feeling weird. So mm -hmm. many people have given me that feedback when I've opened their eyes to the fact that this is all out there. You know, a lot of my friends are like, I just feel seen. I thought this was just me. Like, that's the feedback I get so much. And, you know, there's a lot of down trickle of that. So if you're not eating, then you're snappy and you're tired. We're already sensitive, which I did not realize was a side effect of ADHD. Um, you know, there's just so many things that tie into these very basic things. And something I think is cool about business ownership is, you know, we're hyper-focused where we don't want to stop what we're doing to eat or drink. And that's fun for us. So noticing what those fun activities are and what I don't want to stop is, um, you know, has been very helpful in realizing what I'm good at and what I don't enjoy. Um, and, you know, what I can use to kind of hack my motivation um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, it's it's a journey every day and some days are definitely harder. It can be very frustrating, but I do think most days the benefits and the uniqueness of how our brains work outweigh the um, frustrations. And then again, just that my husband is like such a mirror. Um, I'm not sure what my house would look like or if we'd even have another business if we didn't get to team up in that way. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that just to kind of close out with you that we wanted uh, to chat about was usually we ask people like, you know, where, where can we find, where can we find our guest? Um, but one of the really cool things that I appreciate about you is you share a lot of your interests with people on Instagram. Um, you do have an email distribution as well that you send out. Um, I always get excited about that because I'm like, what has Libby got cooking up this time? It's, you know, it'll feature like an event in the triangle or a recipe um, or a project that you're working on. So I'm wondering if you could just share just briefly a little bit about some of your hobbies and where people can find you, obviously, to stay connected with you. Yes. Um, so for real estate, my Instagram is at home with Libby. And I realized that, you know, in social media, people don't want to know, oh, I just listed a house. I just sold a house. So what I try to share there and in my newsletter is everything in and around the home. So DIY projects, recipes, life hacks. Um, once you've found your home, you know, it's, it's a long journey until you're ready to find another one. So whether you're renting, whether you're, you know, curious about buying, um, or selling, you know, or you just want to like do a fun DIY or find a new recipe. Um, I also love needlepoint and, you know, other crafty projects. And it's been really cool to have that connection on Instagram as well with other people. Um, I've have a huge, uh, needlepoint posse online. Um, 
So it's, you know, I see a very positive side of social media where I know a lot of people don't. So I feel very lucky about that. I've connected with so many people um, and I just love it. So that's kind of um, my real estate side is DIY, design, decor, recipes, anything that happens in your home. Um, And I'm really big in my business and in my marketing about educating people. So I love to do, um, you know, tutorials, whether it be real estate related or just like, hey, this really helped me. It might help you. Um, my friend asked me the other day for advice on like my, her grid on Instagram. And I was like, there's too much variety in mine. I cannot help you. Like I, there's no predictability. You never know what I'm going to share. Um, I really love, you know, humor. I was always in theater as a kid, improv. Um, so it's kind of fun to be back, like filming videos in my house in different costumes. Um, so that's the real estate one. And then Bumble Brews, you know, is, is very cool because I do have a big social media background. Um, but there, I'm also sharing a lot of DIY projects. I'm learning how to use a lot of tools. Um, I like to show a lot of behind the scenes. I love puns. Um, but I also want it to be a space for connection for people to feel less alone, especially as parents. I mentioned a little bit about the dads earlier and, you know, now the moms too, it's hard to raise a child. So I want to bring together a village for people in that area too, whether it's, you know, resources for them or just meeting each other and knowing that you're not alone. Um, you know, different classes for adults, connection opportunities. Um, we'd love to have people come back in over time. You know, have a, have a bunch of regulars. So I'd like for that one to be a mix of, you know, traditional marketing that I is in my background is kind of fun. Um, but then also some really creative and funny stuff too. And that one is uh, Bumble Bruise Raleigh on Instagram. Awesome. Thank you for mentioning all of that. Um, and to your point, fun for sure. Everything about you is so fun, but also just like this conversation, everything about you is very authentic. Um, I sincerely appreciate your vulnerability to talk with us today. And so excited that we get to have listeners listen to you share about fun and vulnerable things. So thank you. Thank you. Those are two of my huge goals is to be authentic and to be fun and make it fun for other people. So that's really awesome to hear. Thank you for taking the time today to tune into the Creative Collective podcast. Wanted to challenge you for a second just to take a little bit of time right now to reflect on this episode and think of one shift one change that you can make in your life as a result of listening to this episode. Would love for you to actually jot that down, write it down, and just reflect on that. We are so grateful for you. Thanks for listening. And if you like this content, if you appreciate it in any kind of way, we would love to get a five-star review from you. Uh, please uh, just do that in the app, whatever app you're listening on. And